How do? How are we doing? Good. So, uh, final part with Paul. If you are just tuning into this, go and find part one. Lad used to work at Forest Bank. I am going to put, over the next couple of weeks, all the interviews I've done, a link in part one. So, if you find Paul part one, there'll be a link underneath for part two, part three, and part four. Before I even get into it, I've put this lad off three or four times, four or five times for this chat. Um, so I do appreciate time, mate. Oh, no, don't worry. He's been completely honest. We just had a little chat before we start. Two parts to this. Um, the second part is special measures, what that means in a prison. So obviously, specifically, we'll be talking about Forest Bank, which is a private prison in Salford. The first part, we're going to talk about a pocker. I know a little bit about it. As always, I'll have my two, two penneth. But something that's important for me, this. Um, it's not taking a cheap shot at Forest Bank. I work there. Private prisons um, are hard work. Yeah. Used to be low paid, way, way lower than public sector prisons and nowhere near as many staff. Very similar now. Similar pay, similar management yeah. structure, yeah. and similar conditions. So this is a message for all the people who work in private, well, in any prison now who are struggling. Do you know what? I know it's tough, it's hard. Particularly in Forest Bank, so uh, good on you. Um, we'll talk about that after. So, POCA, what is a POCA, mate? Yeah, well, proceeds of crime, um, for any crime, obviously, which involves um, theft or or money laundering, tax evasion, that kind of thing, what happens is if once you get sentenced and do your time, or get sentenced and you're in prison, then after that, which I didn't really know too much about, obviously, if you've people have watched or know me, that know my story, or have watched the first three uh, episodes of this, you know what I did. We're taking DVDs and games and selling them online from, from within the prison. So, from an officer point of view, really, I didn't have anything to do with poker because it's not something we really get, you know. No. For officers, if someone in a prisoner comes to me and say, do you know about poker, you'd, you'd know a little bit, but then you'd point them in the right direction uh, in the jail to somebody who knows a little bit more. I, b I believe um, it was designed for these big drug dealers and that. Yeah, so that yeah. when they were found guilty, they could take him to account, and the idea is to retrieve money. That's it. I mean, that's that's the feedback that I've got. I mean, I've only been what I've been told from the solicitor that I had, because I didn't really know anything about. I was naive to it, to be honest, because obviously I was an idiot for what I did. I was taking the games and whatever, and you're selling them. Um, and then as it transpires that if you know you're going through and you're worrying about going to jail and bit you know an ex-officer in there so you've got that worry but then you get hit with oh by the way you've got proceeds of crime and you're like well I don't I know what it is but can you can you elaborate so basically you know the state want the money back they they're looking from, from what? They, I tell you one that one lad we had on healthcare he was a good lad he started growing weed yeah, he got yeah. a couple of legit businesses. Somebody said, well, you make a lot of money from weed. Started growing weed. He'd been at it a couple of years. How they go at it, they say, right, if you've made a grand this week that we've caught you, then they say, you've been at it two years. We're going to take it. You've made a grand a week and we're going to come after you. Yeah. That's how they work, don't they? Yeah, I mean, it's, from what I've been told, it's only come, I think, 2015, uh, the police may have... have 
uh, developed a big head head sort of office for proceeds of crime. Spent millions on it, um, but only up to now have only. You know, from from what the money they've paid out, they've only received a fraction of me, back into the well, pot. Well, while you're doing that, the last time I saw figures, while ago, but in a paper, legit figures, cost about 50 million, put 50 million in, got 8 million back. Yeah. So another absolutely fucking amazing, fantastic. Yeah, and, it, and from what I've been told, as again, you say, it's all about the big hitters, you know, the lads who have, you know, stashed money. And it's all, it, it seems to me that it's more like, if it's a, it's a monetary thing, people are white-collar crime, so to say. I mean, don't get me wrong, I took games. I didn't take it off at a person, per se. It was a company that was within the jail, and um, whatever. And as I say, probably they were getting tax benefits from using prisoners as, for for labour, doing what they were doing, which is, which is par for the course. Um, so yeah, so it was built up for those, but things like tax evasion, money laundering, and things like that. If if you're robbing the state of of money um, that you're not paying tax on, they seem to come down a lot harder than that. Um, from what I can only go from what I've seen and from what I've read onto that. I mean, as I say now, looking back from lads, I remember a lad that we had in the uh, he was a reception orderly, older fella, scouse lad, um, first time in jail, and he he tax evasion, uh, he had companies. Um, and it was a couple of million, I think. Dead sound fell, I can't remember his name. The lads who, who listen to this will know him. Ray, Ray something his name was. Um, and he was, but he said, listen, he said he proceeds of crime came after him, Pocker, and he said, listen, I'm not, I'm not gonna pay it back because that's my nest egg. You know, all I've done was tax, you know, all I've done for tax evasion. Yeah, I paid, yeah, me, I paid me stamp, you know what I mean? He said, yeah. I paid tax, but I cut corners. I said, but that money there that I've siphoned off, he said, I'm not gonna let them have that. I said because that's my. I'll do the extra time in jail or whatever, and then I'll come out to that. How many politicians do you think are board of directors on big companies? These big companies, plenty of really high-profile politicians, spouses, partner, whoever, you know, make millions, never pay no, no tax. No, exactly. So that, it's, that, it's not. No, it's it's annoying, and as I say, from my from my point of view and from my case anyway. So what happened? Obviously, I I had a ballpoint figure of what they said to me. That's what you owe. So when they said that's what you've took and that this is what you've got from eBay or or this is when your bank account that's X amounts. Well, I think it was like ninety six thousand pounds. Obviously, it's a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. Over a period of time, so I was like ninety six thousand. So then obviously you get your sentence and you say right, you've got fifteen months. So you're worrying about that. But then they say, oh, by if you've got this proceeds of crime hanging over. So you go to jail, you do your time, and this is all still going on. So even I'm getting letters, you know, through the through, through into, into your cell saying, you know, you still owe this. What are you going to do to pay it back? Now, I've got nothing. I'm living at my mum's. You know, I've got a shitty 10-pot car um, that I drive around. It's not worth anything. I can't even open the windows. I have to wind down the window to open up the door. Oh, don't even go there. Um, the heaters don't work. I was driving here to pick it up, uh, to meet oh, you, and I was trying to wipe through the windows because the heating doesn't work in the car. So I've got nothing. Um, so they said, right, you still got this money to pay. So I'm like, well, I can't pay it. I haven't got anything. So they go through all your finances, go through everything, which I've done with solicitor. So they say, right, so this should have been done while I was in jail because what they've said to you then is, well, if you can't pay, they'll go through all your finances and say, right, well, if you've got 400 quid, well, we want that 400 quid, or if you've got 10 grand, we want 10 grand, that's it. That, that's that's worth of taking everything from you. But I've got nothing to take. So if so, this is, again, when I came out of jail, I went to court again once I'd come out. It got adjourned again. I was meant to be in December to talk about it. It got adjourned again till June. It's dragging out. So it? it's dragging out. Since, so since my crime that I did, so by the time I go to court, it's going to be nearly five years, four and a half years from the actual crime that I did. So I've had that over for four, three and a half years over my head. 
Um, but now they're saying, well, if you can't pay it, or they say to me, right, Mr. Alberton, you've got, well, we think you can pay whatever, I mean, £4,000. They'll come up with that. If I can't pay that within 12 months or six months or whatever time frame they give me, then I can get sent down for another 18 months. So, and then once I, once I do that, if I get sent down, the money's still there, the debt is still there. So I've, even though I've got an 18 months again, then the debt doesn't go anywhere. So that debt stays with me pretty much, basically for all my life. Um, so I could get sent down for not paying the extra amount, yeah. which is going to be more than the actual initial sentence, which is just a money money uh, back scheme. And the money doesn't go to anyone. It doesn't go to you. If I took it from you, the money doesn't go back to you. It goes into the police fund. Um, so it's a money making exercise. Plus, they add interest to it. Well, it's not a money making exercise, is it? Because well, it runs at a back, massive, runs at a massive loss. loss. Yeah, so, yeah, so there's that. So it, it's 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 a bad, bad, bad thing to have over you. But it it, it doesn't make any any sense. So when you try and say to your listeners, listen, I've admitted to what I've done. Um, you've given me my sentence. I've gone to jail. I've done my sentence. You know, I've come out on my tag. That's been sorted. My tag's come off. I've got a license to however that long is. That's fine. But now you're telling me, once that's all done, I've paid the debt to society, or whatever you want to call it. Um, now you're telling me I've got another sentence on, on top of that, and then if in the future if I, anything happens to if you come into any money, if you, you know if you get a good job or you win a scratch card or you, you know you inherit money, then they can come, they can just knock on you know send you a letter say what what determines you know. whether they, they this pocket whether they go after you because obviously I've met loads of lads arm robbers, made money got out no pockers. Exactly. Well, the way I was described to it, you know, my solicitor was like, well, they're not coming after you, they're coming after these lads who have siphoned off millions or they've got it in a hidden away somewhere. They're the ones that they're going to go after. They're not going to go after you, who've got, who've got, you know, you've come out and you've admitted you've got nothing or, or whatever. Obviously, I went to, to prison, I, I shared a cell with a lad um, who went with Forest Bank and he's obviously had to pay whatever he's had to pay uh, for his situation. Everyone's different. Um, but I don't know how how it you know I, so I don't know if like in six months or six years time you know I've I've sort of I've got somewhere to live I've got my own place I've got my own car I've got a good job doing well for myself are they gonna knock on your door and say basically we want this now so I don't I don't know how much that works because even even when I was coming out I said listen I've got X amount I, I had money saved up because not a lot just a couple of hundred quid or however many hundred quid it was you know if if they said at the time I was in jail you've got eight hundred quid in the bank. We're going to take that. So if I wanted that as a deposit for a flat, that's gone. So they they literally leave you with nothing. You take everything you've got, whatever's in your bank, and you're supposed to start again. So it, it's it's a it's a convoluted. I don't know. I don't know how it works. It doesn't make much sense. Um, but it's just another thing that people probably don't know about, but people have to deal with. How's it affecting you at the minute? Are, are you just right? There's a chance you're going to go to prison if they want money. You ain't got money going to send you back to prison yeah yeah well I think that's how it works I mean they'll say to me again because when it keeps getting a jam for some reason um, because I used to well I had a house uh, with my son's uh, mum they they thought well you, you still you're because I'm still on the mortgage on the house uh, but I have no financial uh, that was wiped out you know when, when we split up but they're saying well you know you, you're still on the mortgage and the only reason I'm on the mortgage was because 
um, Archie's mum needed me to be on a mortgage she couldn't afford on her own, so yeah. I w it wasn't anything other than that. Well, people do that, don't they? Yeah, you so you I was just aid, and it, it, it's just one of them things. That, 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 that's what it was. But because just over these last six, eight months, the house prices have started going up a little bit, then there's equity in the house. So then they've come and said, well, there's equity in this house. You're half of that. This is what we want. And I was like, well, no, because I've not been living here for years and years. It's got the, the equity there is not mine she's paid the mortgage herself. she's paid the mortgage i've got i've got no and i never have wanted anything from it because it's her house yeah so now they're looking at saying well no you know if we tell you you, you know you that house is up for sale then your son and your your son's mum will have to sell the house so that's an, an extra that's that's the worst thing that, that i was worried about or i'm still worried about because i've been adjourned again till june or, or whatever even if it gets to that i might get adjourned again um but it's one of those things you're just trying to get a out your mind really because I'm just trying to concentrate with just you know getting back back to normal and getting employment and, and trying to get back on my feet and um, normally um, and I've just got to put that to the back burner because if you know you've been worrying about it that much you know what's to say if I worry about it for another six months get to join again till another six months because oh, it's obviously not high priority the case was not my case was never high priority because I get getting dragged out for that long so there's not, not so really much I can do try and gain some employment and just crack yeah, on until yeah, yeah. Um, the court. That's it, yeah. I mean, I was doing little bits. I've been applying for everything. Obviously, it's difficult when you get out and you don't realise the things that, you know, hamper you. Um, I was doing part-time work. I'm on benefits at the moment, which is neither here nor there. I was doing just delivery work um, with the dropping food off and that, but that, that's finished the restaurants. Not there. Uh, it's gone under, really. So, yeah, so I've got a few irons in the fire kind of thing. I'm doing, I'm doing a university talk tomorrow. Um, which I managed to, a friend has, has got in touch with a uni, so I'm doing that. Um, and I'm hoping to get into that. I've got another one lined up with a bit of luck. Um, and that's basically giving talks to criminology classes, uh, telling, you know, about the situations that I've encountered within prisons and uh, my experience of being in prison as well. Um, so I'm going to go down that route, hopefully trying to give talks. If, if that can open up an avenue for me, we go into schools, colleges, any training, that kind of thing. Um, and as I say, I'm looking maybe to do my own podcast where I was chatting to you about it before. I've, I've been speaking to a few old, old colleagues that have got in touch with me. Um, so I'm looking at starting my own podcast, maybe just doing talks with, with ex-staff, um, even ex-prisoners, if it, if it gets word gets about, just having chats on there about Forest Bank and having a laugh yep. at old stories and go down that route. Um, yeah, so that's what I'm going. And as I say, and hopefully I've, I've, I've done a couple of qualifications through probation and that with uh, building sites and whatnot. Um, just to just to get some money coming in by that time, um, but as I say, it's it's weird. Even like we were talking about the last time we spoke, um, you don't realise like things like silly things like car insurance. Right, just right. I, I understand. You know, you know, you go to prison or whatever. I had no idea, and I've never thought about this. So, just tell people how much car insurance was. It was about 400 quid a year. Pre before, pre previous before, to that, yeah, yeah. did you have like full no claims or something like that? It was just no, well, yeah, I've never claimed. I've never had a prang. I've, I've never had um, a point. I had points a couple of times, but years, all null and void now, years ago. So, yeah, I think it was just a standard car insurance. I think I paid 430 odd quid or whatever it was when I came, yeah. before I went in. So, yeah, so I came out of jail, uh, picked my car back up and whatever, and then. Um, apply for car insurance so yeah did a quote blah 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 have you you know have you got any points no you do your ticks as normal 
Any convictions? Any convictions which I thought driving convictions? No, ticked it. I, I've always thought that was driving convictions. Yeah, so I ticked it. No, no problem. Insured. Blah blah blah. Two weeks later, I get an email saying we've cancelled your car insurance. I was like, what's a bit weird. Rang them up. Why? What's that about? Well, you've not declared that you've got an outstanding prison um, because you're on license. Yeah. It's ongoing. I was like, you not clicked yes on your on your on your form on your application. I said, well, to be honest, I said I didn't realise that was the case. I just thought, like you, have you? Yeah, got any I, points? I honestly thought or it driving, driving, driving convictions. convictions yeah. Yeah. So have you been banned? Have you been into even if you've been into jail for driving offences or whatever? I was like, no. I said, no. I, I, I didn't realise. I'm sorry, but you can't just cancel me policy. Well, you need to, you know, you need to put on this. So I was like, well, why? I said because I've never, you know, it's not affecting. Yeah. So they said, well, what have you been in jail for? So well, I told them. I said, you know, it's theft of money laundering. Um. Well, right. Okay. But we cancelled it. Um. Because you've basically lied. So I was seeing my arse then. So I was like, how can you tell me I've lied? I said it was. <laughs> if I didn't realise, you know, genuine. I didn't think that. Um. So you can't just cancel my policy just because I've been inside in jail. It's discrimination, surely. No, that's just policy. So then you, you start getting high rate down on the phone. I want to speak to your uh, supervisor or whatever. But then they said, well, I'll tell you what, we'll just we'll just do another quote. You know, we'll just do a revised quote. Yep. Take that you've been, you know, you've got an outstanding, you're on license or whatever. Right, okay, just we'll do that because it's because they've cancelled it. They, they charge you for cancelling your, yep. your policy anyway. So I had limited money. So that was an extra money that I did, didn't need. Um, so I just had to put the quote through again. I think the quote for the exact same thing, but just to take that a bit in jail, or I've got a license uh, outstanding, it went to two and a half grand from from four hundred. Wow! So that was, and I was just like, how can you justify? It's just you like can't... a group one car in it as well. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's just a little farty car. So I was just like, how's that? How can you do that? I mean, don't be wrong. Yeah, I've been in prison. I was, I was naughty. Yeah, I understand that. I said, but you know, I'm out. It's not a driving conviction. And then they were, they were like, well, you should have told us because if you killed someone uh, in the car, then you, you've not told us you've been inside. And I was like, I've never, it's not a driving. I said, it's nothing to do with driving. It doesn't affect my ability. I said, so that affects me, my, my life insurance. If I get life insurance, does that affect that? I've got to pay five times more than, you know, if I insure my house, yeah. I've got to pay five times more because I've been inside. It doesn't make any sense. No. So I just thought that was that one policy of that 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 one specific company, but no, it turns out that you went on every one, put this put the thing in. I know it's five times. Everything. I was just, Have you come against any more hurdles because you've been in prison? Not not really. Just job wise, just job wise has been a struggle because, as I say, it, you send off. I mean, because I worked in the, in the jail for that long and I was happy doing it and I loved the job. I didn't really apply for any other jobs. I think that's. Uh, other than worrying about the house you miss your and your son because of your pocket, I think losing your job for you has probably been worse than going to prison because yeah, I mean yeah because I was earning a decent a decent wage and well, you loved all it, the time. You? Hey, you loved it. I loved my job. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I loved going to work and having a laugh and what whatever. Um, so there's that to it, and then obviously the, there's the thought of going to jail and the thought of whatever and. Losing, you see, not seeing your friends anymore and, and all that, but losing your job and then it's monetary, as I say, because I lived in Manchester. Uh, I split up with my partner, so I moved all the way back and I literally had, I had nothing, um, just the, the wages I had from from whatever. Um, so yeah, so that dwindles and I'm literally I'm on, you're on benefits now, so I'm on 150 quid every two weeks, 
which is you know once you pay your bills and your car your car insurance what's paid insurance. car insurance yeah well yeah and uh, my phone bill and whatever and you got to get petrol and you got to pick Archie up from school and do whatever you're doing and, and do your running around and, and eating and just going and just living so it leaves you with nothing um so yeah the whole thing really it's just a, but as i say because I wasn't looking actively for work. My CV, if you look at actually what I've done in, in, in my career, it's good. You know, it, it's a lot of responsibility and there's a lot of stuff that I was good at that you think would apply elsewhere. But there's that many people out of work or there's that many, and I'm 42, 40, just turned 43. So there's that to it. So you're not, you're not a young person anymore. So it's difficult, you know, and I'm crap with technology as well. So that, that doesn't help. Yeah, me too. You mate. know, with uh, with all that. So it's just sort of getting somewhere, and it's probably it's probably kind of who you know, not what you know. Now it's just getting in somewhere. And I think once you start work, then it's easier to get work. It's yeah. just it's just getting there. And well, it's like, turned from weeks. Like we from discussed before, now I remember who that kid is. I'll have a word there and see who can yeah, at least talk you up with some people. Yeah, yeah, then... no, that'd be brilliant. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. So. Are you happy with that now? That's the yeah. Well, hopefully, I've explained. As I say, I'm not an expert on that, but it, it, as I say, it's something to touch on because as I say you, you don't think about it really, um, and it, it stunned me. <laughs> you know, I, was like, I, I, don't, I don't. I honestly don't know why. You know, obviously, it costs having trials, putting people away, solicitors, and all that. Why it can't be dealt with at a time and given yeah. an appropriate sentence. So, right, you're going to get 18 months. However, you've got no money to pay. So we're going to give you another 18, so there's three years on your goal. That's it, and, uh, and they had enough time, because I say, but from the time I was arrested and the time I went to jail, it was two, two and a half, three years. So they had enough time, they knew yeah, all, they, had, they had all the information to send me away anyway. So why they couldn't do all that proceeds of crime and, and tie it in together, and then, it, like you say, it's done, dusted, do your sentence. If they're going to add more to the sentence because I can't pay, then at least I know in my head what, what it is, um, and then you can deal with that accordingly, but... I don't know. It's, it's well, mate. Know, fair dues. I hope things work out for the best. I, I seriously do. Um, I'm sure he will. Oh, well, I'm, I'm sure you're not a stupid lad. Um, you know you talk well and that. So hopefully, get employment, get yourself sorted, and be able to move on from this. Eh? Yeah, with a bit of luck. Right, guys. We're going to talk about Forest Bank again now. Like I said, private prison in Salford opened in '99. Um, we had a little chat before. You know what? We can talk about scumbag managers all day. Um, the the positions we'll mention. The number one main man in the jail got yep. sacked. Yep. Yeah, because basically the prison went to rat shit. Correct. The number two is deputy got sacked or yep. moved on. Yeah, yeah, she's gone. Yeah. Uh, and then the head of HR got flirted off as well yeah um she got moved uh, probably about a month ago now um probably maybe a bit longer she was the girl that when i resigned i had my interview uh, prior to leaving exit interview with exit interview but you know it was a, it's a disciplinary or investigation from yep. actually being arrested so i went to corporate sodexo which is based in salford because I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be having my interview with people that are going to talk down to me, for well me knowing that what I knew about them, and ingrained it was into management. So I wasn't having some Scotch fella spit at me and pretending he knows what he's talking about. So, so, so basically, you you've come out of the prison, 
you've gone to main headquarters, so you don't really know anyone. Exactly, and it, it, it's, uh, for me that was it. Clean slate, I can just say this was what this is, and this is all prior to uh, us talking. This was the first instance. And to be fair to the lad, I remember him saying this. You, you went out your way, didn't you? to explain the state of play at Forest Bank. This just weren't bitching saying, oh, managers are toss. This was saying, I did work here, I did care, this needs looking at, this needs looking at, and this needs looking at. Yeah. You, yeah. And it, went. Weren't, it weren't just bad blood slagging no, no. it off, because you... No, it was, it was a point of, as I say, I left, and I was sad about leaving, you know, and I was frustrated about leaving, but I still knew that there's people that I care about in there, a lot of good mates, uh, men and women, that do a, do a hard, tireless job 24 hours a day yep. and I know what they put into it and to see the state of the jail from the from three or four years at the end of my career in there it was terrible it was, it was disgusting so I wanted to at least put that point of view where people couldn't because I knew for one the managements that wouldn't do it because they're too fearful of either being bullied in there or they just haven't got the backbone because they're in the positions that they're not qualified to be in um, so I was a fourth. Do you know what? I'll, I'll say it, and I'll say it because I've got nothing to lose. And so I sat with this 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 woman. Um, I won't give her name out, but she was independent of Forest Bank. She was yeah. corporate. Um, so I said how it was. Told about the management structure that we've gone. I can talk about it now because it's Matt Spencer, Sonia Rebs who've gone. And even I can mention now because she's gone anyway. So uh, Rachel Lewis was the girl I spoke to, and I spoke to her for a good two hours on the leaving interview. With good intent. With good so intent. Your, your intention yeah. was yeah. to. I told her exactly, and I said, "Listen, someone's going to get hurt in that jail." I said because the management's just abysmal. These people have been put in place. Uh, people are getting hurt, which they were doing. The prisoners are not having a good deal because the staff aren't, you know, are losing heart. It's a bad situation both sides. Violence is going up. Drugs are going up. Security's lax. You need to do something about it now. Spencer, Ebbs blah 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 they need to go you need to do something about it and it wasn't just the one interview I did you know I started working in, in a, uh, an engineering place I was working nights and I, so she she went can you come back and talk to me again fine I did that I said right no problem if it helps so I did I finished my night shift at eight o'clock in the morning drove to Salford spoke to her again and she assured me you know she sat there and said you know what I'm gonna and I said listen I've heard this before I said I've been to management before and I've asked for help uh, for support for the staff you, you're not giving us any I said you know you, you you're preaching to the you know the choir you know I know you, I've heard this before no I assure you I assure you I'm gonna go in there and I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a difference right okay and it was and it I wasn't explained I didn't just do a hatchet job I explained who the good managers were yep. explained what good they do who is respected in the jail yep. who you can promote if need be I said these people deserve it whether on the ground floor in, in uniform or whatever. Yep. I said, you've got a lot of good staff and you know you can turn the jail round if you, if you do what you, sh what you should do. You know, and, and that involved with your experienced staff that were working elsewhere in the jail industries, gym, different places, OMU, for a certain point of time, get them back on the wings, support the staff that you know need it, because these are good staff. That's the toughest job, isn't it? By, on the, by on far, the wings. By far. Pit face. And get your managers, get your managers in here, because I'm not being funny. The worst thing in the world for me as an Oscar and, and other people's staff, sorry, you're running around like a blue arse fly, you're on your wing sometime on your own. You've got the prison, your dinner times, your breakfast staff and your tea times, your most, you know, your busiest time, because you've got 100 lads need feeding, blah, 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 getting behind the doors, ready. Yeah. It's horrible. Trying to watch your back, trying, trying to, to watch, watch your what's back. going on. Making sure people aren't getting assaulted in the cells, running away to get shortfalls of food that we've spoken about. You know, it's never ending. 
So, but where the managers doing these points of the day? They're all sat there between the busiest part of your day <laughs> in a group, sat there in a staff restaurant. With yeah, a big, getting a good scran. With a big to, box to be fair, that yeah. restaurant, run by Decent. prisoners, yeah, yeah. cook the food, salad bar, there used to be a salad bar yeah. in that. Yeah, yeah, so you could eat I, healthy. I ate in that twice, me. I used to go five to two when it was just to close and I'd go there five minutes, just get something to eat dead quick. But the rest of the managers, or good percentage of the managers, they'd be sat there for an hour yeah. and a half. Yeah. Eating biscuits all yep. day. Why well, you've run round? So and then when I'm running round and I go in there for a quick bite, tweet a five to. They're all sat there. They should be on the wings. See, um, a, a couple of managers uh, I felt really supported by uh, when I were there. You've just mentioned Tim White. We're only going to mention people in a good light. Tim Tim White. He was F wing manager Rowan. He was one of them would always support you. if you went to him. You felt like he'd listen and do something. And I'll tell you now. Couple of ooh, naughty shifts on F Wing before I left, where he was on the landing. So if there's two of you, and we've already said, and one of them's a new member of staff who's frightened to death, and sometimes I were frightened to death, mm -hmm. and they're in the office, having a manager there is massive. Huge. Just having a suit, so you know, you're trying to deal with something, right, lad? Go and sp you go and ask the manager while he's that, that sort of thing. That's what that's all you need. That's all you need. And and sat in the office at dinner time. When we've said a lot of managers are, are scranning in the canteen, yeah. sat in the office, so you know it's it's just support. It's easy, easy, easy as anything. And as I say, the likes of Tim, Jimmy Hodgson when he was a manager on F Wing, yeah, great uh, guy, Jimmy. Mick Higgins, Debbie Ashcroft, Lindsay yeah. Wright, yeah, uh, Amanda Breely when she was there. There was people there. I'm, I'm probably missing other people which I'm doing a disservice. I know to. all them. All yeah, good stuff. There's more, you know. And, but what would they do? And even they wouldn't, even be, they wouldn't even be. Yeah, Paul Chadwick. They, they wouldn't even be on the landing. They'd be, they'd be getting your set of keys and unlocking with you. Tim who's, was, who's the guy with the porn sash? Uh, Paul Nash. Good Nashy. lad. Nashy. Yeah, uh, the tash went a long time ago. But oh, did it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That went a long time ago. But um, those kind of people that would, would even help you unlock. You know, they put lads behind the doors. They'd be, they'd be squaring up to people, uh, giving them, you know, giving you back up if need be. Um, but that was far, you know, those old school managers that wouldn't give, wouldn't care about setting up an SMT and licking people's behinds. Yeah. What happened? The culture. SMT. SMT. Senior yeah. management team. Just so you know, Paul's role, Oscar. That was shift manager. Oscar won. SMT senior management team. Uh, so far detached from reality. A lot of them that you know they have no. They're not interested. Tell you what, when you're in office eating your butt and your alarms are going off on F wing and some. Poor geezers trying to deal with someone, half a dozen staff turn up and the Oscar want to deal with it. Not interested, not. No. Never flinch. No. No, but that culture of, of supporting your staff and being good managers, that waned because they left or they were that brow beaten because SMT just went to tell you what, we're going to employ, I could, name, I could name 15 people, but I'm not going to. Nice people, lovely people, out of work, I imagine. I never would have so like be, you know, friendly yeah. with them or whatever. Yeah. Nice people, but they got put in uniform uh, suits. Sorry, and all they did it was a case of that culture went from being on the wings. They were too scared. They wouldn't make any decisions, even though they just had a pay increase from a senior officer to a manager, which is probably the best part. Twelve hundred quid pay rise. To, to be fair, uh, private sector managers, they get good money. Yeah. You know, what? once you get out of uniform, way better than public sector, yeah. I would say. But these people were getting huge, huge increases in wages. And their responsibility was to make these decisions. Now, I'm, I'm as a shift manager of 15 years experience, I'm asking 
somebody who's been in the job two years, but because this Sonia Ebbs' friend, you know, I'm asking them now, well, what do you want me to do here? Because I, I need to know an answer. I need to move two lads to a bus. I've got a lad stringing up in SEG who's on 24-hour watch. I need to cover that member of staff because they want to go home at the That's right someone time. who cares as well. That's just terminology used, Yeah, sorry. But... I, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. Don't apologise, yeah. right? It's just what we're saying. At the end of the day, you're thinking about that lad in there that needs to be watched, so, you know... Yeah, and you've got a million things, like as I of course say, you have. And it's a case of these these people would, and it, and it, don't be wrong, they've got a duty of care we all have. So, just as an idea of somebody who's a, a, a lad um, who's there who's struggling, self harming, um, you may you may know him all the time. You may know all he's doing it is for attention. He wants a canteen or whatever and all that. You may have three people on constant, constant mobs. Yeah, you've still got to deal with it, haven't you? You've still got to find time for three yeah. twenty-four hour shifts. Yep. Now, if you've got no staff to deal with that. So then you know you've got another app review and you've got one of these managers, they're going to sit in that app review and they're all they're going to do to cover their backs because they don't want to make that decision, they'll Act say... review is the self-harm, self suicide review. document yeah. again. So everybody that there is on a self-harm document has a review every so often. If it's a, re if it's a recent uh, self-harm uh, and they've cut up or they've, they've strangled up or something like that, then a review will get done. I want to ask you something now while you're on this because I've thought about this a lot, sadly. <laughs> I, I would now, in the prison service, they've done a lot of over-promoting, uh, fast-track promotion, you know, we're working on the basis now, if you've been to university and you've got a degree, then you're super intelligent yeah. as a manager. Uh, I would take a good manager from industry, you know, some, some of these managers who move around, Marks and Spencers, the guy that went in a few years ago, started doing the meals, you know, yeah. he looked at it, yeah. He turned the company around and made it profitable. Yeah. I would take, first of all, you need a good number one, but, but I would take a good manager. And a good manager should be managing these managers under him and, you know, fuck off out at canteen. Get out at canteen, yeah. at dinner, yeah. go on the wings. That's yeah? it. You That's know, it. come after, come at half one, have half an hour then. It doesn't have to be, as I say, you, you can eat on the wings. You know, I used to, used to have, have uh, managers that sat there, on, you know, with your, with your uh, orderlies eating there, having a scram first. Explain, did, did they still do that when you were there? Which? The, you know, if I were on F-Wing, I'd, I'd sit down with the yeah, servery yeah. lads, yeah. eat my do. dinner, yeah. and then yeah. get all, all the wing out and, and feed the done, wing. Yeah, because you need, to, you need to have food, otherwise you're not going to, because if you can't get off... You're not getting a break some days, you know what? No, you didn't. Well, if you're on a wing, you're no, on a wing, exactly. So yeah, if you day. want to run off quickly and go, I'm just going to get a butty because the lads are fed. You might have something else happen there. Some lads I might mm. have a fight. You know I never did that. You, you wouldn't get a butty, so that, you're, not eating, you're, no. not eating for, no. you're not eating for six hours or whatever, so you need to eat while you, where you can. Or you might say to your audience, let's just throw a piece of toast under the, the toaster yeah, for yeah. me or something like that. Little things like that. I know it sounds stupid, but like we're talking about SMT, they don't care. They don't care if you vet. But you know, as a shift manager or as an SO, when you're on there, you care about your staff and you go, well, tell you what, mate, you've not no, had all day. you cared about your staff. Yeah, I know. I used to care yeah. about people I worked and there's, with. And there's people there, and, and there's so many good staff there, still lads or girls doing my job, that are still there doing it. Do you know, and, and the great people, great people, and as I say, they had to do the same thing I did. But the fact that now is, the likes of the, the SMT, Rachel Lewis, who's just recently left, as I say, once I, once I spoke to her and told her all this, yeah, I'll put all these things in place, blah, blah, blah. All she did, she took the job of the personnel woman that had left before her, the one that was a, uh, complicit in a lot of the bullying, 
with Carl Byron, uh, promotions that she was given because she was Sonia Ebbs' friend and blah, blah, blah. She was bullying other people to have left. Um, a good friend of mine who, who left uh, and whatever. Um, so she took that job. Now, the funny thing about it is over a, a month ago since she, since she got walked off the building, it turns out she's she's got no qualification for that role she was in. She lied on a CV about a job. So all these things that for the last three or four years that she's been involved with, with investigations, people leaving, people sacking, promotions, all that, for all that time, she's had a say in it and she's not qualified. How, how can a company, yeah, how can a company, or why would a company employ people without background checks into senior positions? They were very, when I were there, Forest Bank, they promoted one or two people through politics, uh, religion race type things yeah. above lots of other people uh, almost um you know pick picture postcard look yeah, this yeah, is yeah. our private prison this yeah. this is um it's like you say when i started they used to recruit outside or they'd recruit from other jails you know because if you've got because promotion used to be mike goodwin Ivor woods public sector mike goodwin uh he knew what was going on in his jail. Yeah. If if he was on Main Street and there was a bell on F Wing, he would turn up. Yeah. The number one governor and see what was going on. Exactly. Ivor Woods knew everything that was going on in that building. Again, you know, the, the guy had got integrity. I told you before, if they haven't watched it, my exit interview, I mentioned something that really pissed me off. He investigated it and he reported back to me. I'd left the company. Yeah. He didn't have to do that. Yeah. So you've got the pick as a private company of all these, you know, why are you gonna put somebody who has no background, no reputation, no nothing in charge of a business? Exactly. Because sadly, it is a business. Yeah, of course it is. And, but the likes we, we spoke about, there's a fellow called Steve Taylor, bit of a knob. It was all right for me, don't get me wrong, I've never had anything. He, any, he but, just started as yeah, head so of residence he, he, when I was there. He was quite high up and then he left. He, he was quite, you know, he talked a good game and whatnot. Some people hated him, some people liked him. I remember a 1SO um, board. He interviewed a load of people. They were all crap. So he just didn't promote anyone. Do you know what I mean? Which is the right way. You can't just go, cool. well, i tell you what, out of 20 people, these are the least crap. We'll just put them in SO I, positions. Because yeah. as soon as no. they walk on with a red... You know yourself, some of the red badges that got given out, the prison, the prison, the, the lads senior laugh. officers, next line the, of promotion. The lads would laugh. Have you got that? <laughs> do you know, you take the piss out of the staff and they'd be like, Ur. Well, do you, do you know what? I'm all for that. You know, like you say, if no, just before I left Strangeways, they inter or in an interim period, they interviewed five people from high security estate for the job and none of them got it because mm. it was deemed none of them were suitable. Yeah, yeah. And that's the way it should be. As I say, if your right candidate's not in your establishment, then there should be a process of him, I don't know, whoever is, is excelling in another position, in another jail, but there's no promotion, you know. They used to send them to Peterborough, Peterborough, you know, when Peterborough opened, yeah. a lot of staff went. So that was a new influx of red badges and, yeah, that, and promotions that came well, yeah. to Forest Bank. There was them opportunities, weren't mm. they? You know, if you're in a private company and they open a new prison, you know, there's opportunities yeah. there for promotion or whatever. Because promotion, promotion wasn't, it was difficult. You know, you, they, these positions never came up. Do you, did you, sadly, in public sector, I show shitloads of people who've been in a job who would have been cracking SOs, senior officers, cracking principal officers and cracking governors, but in in the public sector, how they did the promotions and that, they couldn't pass a board or... No, and then they got, they got and then they just lost heart, yeah, do you yeah. know what I mean? And then they just, well, I'll tell you what, I'll just, I'll either just, 
A lot of officers will have done all the career as an officer, which is no bad thing. I'm not knocking that. No, you no. Have to, some people but don't some want of it. them would yeah. have been fantastic managers. Oh, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. And some people just don't want it and go, do you know what? And as the, the job got diluted and the way that they offered redundancies for a lot of SOs that left, um, and then they realised that was just the worst idea of all time. Um, and then they promoted again. They didn't have the, the people to give the red Why? To. I, I, see, I don't understand that. If you've got good staff or managers, you know, if, if you're going to make them redundant, we'll just offer them a package to go back down as offices. They did that. Don't they, let yeah. them go. Yeah, I know. And, and some of them did that. Some of them did take it and went back to PCOs and thought, you know what, I'll, I'll take officers, a step back. Yeah. They're all prison officers, man. Yeah. Um, so a lot of them did that. But they came out with these things that they was, they, all they wanted to do was cut, cut corners and, and cut monetary. Um, you know, a little bit here and a little bit there. So what they came up with, we'll take half an hour here, or half an hour here, and they used to change the shift patterns. So they changed shift patterns probably six, seven times a year. So this took, a, you know, there's a lot of planning to do, but they never like asked the people on the on the floor, would this work or would this work? So they were coming on and going, well, we'll change your shift. I tell you what, we're going to lock up everyone. So every, what, every member of staff gets a break at one o'clock. So we'll do that. Like public sector. Like public sector. But yeah. that didn't work. So you're just a constant, you're running your jail from half an hour to half an hour kind of things. And then the other thing, this we come up with this key worker incentive. So what it was, they were getting a load of money from the government. To, it's like the personal officer scheme. So, if you're a personal officer, you've got a wing of 97 lads. You've all you all have a set. You, you, have, you, you might have five cells, and whoever's yeah. in them cells, you yeah. know, it, it's like in principle, it's really good in it. If you've got five yeah. cells, ten yeah. lads, you get to know them lads. They got a problem. They they feel like. Yeah. You need yeah. to be approachable, don't That's you? That's it. And it's a case that they all had a file in the set in, in, in the office, and then it went onto the computer. So anybody that wants to have a, a little synopsis of any prisoner that they go and have a look and go, because you've got comments every two weeks. That yeah, was you, you know, yeah. have to put. He's yeah. had a good week. He's had a bad week. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Joe, and then those files would go to the SO. If they were good, the senior officer then would give them, you know, to enhance stores. Yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah. So, but then. So they had that, but then they thought, well, I'll tell you what, we're gonna, we've got all this money now, it's called this key worker incentives. So what they're gonna do, every member of staff will have certain prisoners, but you've got to take them off the wing for 45 minutes every week and discuss the sentence pro, you know, whatever yep. they wanna do, how they'll, and all this, which is great in theory. So all this money that they were receiving, um, well, who's, where's this extra staff coming from? They never give us any extra staff to take these prisoners off the wing. So you, you just in simple terms, you've already got bare staff on the wings. Yeah. Two staff. Yeah. And then one of you is supposed to be leaving the wing forty-five minutes to yeah. chat to a prisoner. And it wouldn't would just be the, the the staff on the wings. It'd be people in OMU or people or whatever. So that kind of thing. So so then they weren't giving you. They weren't giving us all the wings or any. So what they do? They said, well, look, we'll start locking the wings down for longer then, because what that happened then that will free up the extra staff to take these lads off the wing. So all you're doing then is just locking your wing down. So they were getting more money again on top as a business, but they weren't putting any into it. So it was just more more pressure for the staff because all then you had a certain Scotch manager who was responsible for that. he just come down kicking off saying to me, why haven't you let this lad off to go and do his key work? And you're like, Campbell, I, I have, <laughs> Campbell, um, that, was, that worked, didn't it? So I was like, I can't. We physically, do you, want this, do you want the whole jail locking down for this? He was under pressure. He was yeah, getting, he was but, getting but, the, but the thing is, it's realization that idiots come out with this. It costs that key work scheme that went in public sector cost millions. 
yeah. Some, somebody just... so far removed who yeah. is clueless, you know, it all it, a lot of these things. Another one that really pisses safer custody training. Prison yeah. service always going about safer custody training. Well, we're training it. It's training at end of day. It's not going to save lives or make you a better officer, is yeah. it? Yeah. The realisation is... It's just a thing that they come up with, but it wasn't like liaise with how we best are we going to do it. It was right, this is what we're going to do. You're going to do it and you're going to make sure you do it. And if you don't do it, we're going to scream at you as much as we can and bully you and find out the Shite reasons. Managers. Shite managers, innit? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm even finding out, over the last few weeks since we've been doing these, these podcasts, I'm having people contact me, you know, for, I don't even know them. They're still working in Forest yep. Bank and they're saying thanks for, you know, for highlighting it. You know, I've only just been told the last couple of days, you know, they're working with a company, an outside agency, Forest Bank now, to actually structure the managers that they've got to actually work with them because they know they're that bad. <laughs> so apparently they've weeded out a few that the, you know, that the, the, the weaker, that aren't, that aren't weaker producing. Bullies. Yeah, the weaker bullies, yeah. Other ones that just unfortunately aren't capable of being in that position. So they've got this outside agency working with them. So, I mean, it seems to me now looking from the outside and from people or from what they're telling me. Well, for me, they've recognised they've got a problem. If you're bringing yeah. somebody in to manage your managers, then you know you've got a problem. You've got a big problem. And as I say, what we're talking about with improvement notices and that kind of I'm thing. I'm taking that as a positive because somebody somewhere said we need from, to From it. what I'm hearing, I mean, it's easy probably now that they've got rid of the three. The, it's a new broom sweep clean, doesn't it? So they can yeah. say, well, that will put all that to one side. I mean, from what I'm hearing now, as I say, they've got a head of residence in charge of the residents. Now, the residents in the worst state it's ever been in, in Forest Bank. So that's all the wings, isn't it? That's all the wings, yeah. So ABC... Is this, are we going to talk about special measures now, then? Yeah, yeah, that will that'll, that'll dovetail Which in. is, just, for, for me, well, I'll tell you what I think it is. Not literally, special measures. Forest Bank is putting special measures. So someone's come, had a look, and it, it is how the prison's being run, and it's the overall condition of the prison. Um, yeah. Basically, yeah. it was run down. Well, run down's not even the word, yeah. I mean, so over to you. They've been mate. given instructions to obviously, like we say, to improve the, the jail. I mean, from the actual state of the actual jail, from when somebody's come in, whether it be an outside audit, which I believe it was, which it normally is these type Cons of. Type what are of the consequences of not coming up to scratch? Monetary fines, um, which the obviously they've got a home office. Um, was there a chance it go from private to public sector prison? Of course there is, yeah, yeah. However, I, I don't yeah, think it no, will. No, I don't think it will. It'll probably go to it'll go to another private company. Um, somebody else will take it over um, because that's where the money is now. But yeah, the worst case scenario, and that's only going to be worse for the management. It's not going to they're not going to get rid of the staff. No, you know what I mean. It's only going to be good for the staff if it ever happened. But they've always they've always had that underlying. Oh, they always used to beat it with us when we were there. We've yeah. got a contract, and if we don't hit these contracts, you know, we could get taken over. And it, and we were like, so what? Didn't did Sedex so used to have Blakenurst prison? Yeah. So Blakenurst has gone private public private or public private one way or other yeah but basically what people don't understand if a jail's private and then it goes to public sector run by the government nothing changes pretty much you might get rid of one or two managers but them staff there change the uniform change the terms and conditions and it's still the same jail is yeah, it not yeah basically yeah i mean even Sedex, even for us bank that was winston green it was, it was ukds it was sedexo yeah. it's been a couple um of other 
another Calix was another one. It had a few badge names changed, yeah. and that cost millions just to change your badge name. So yeah, so yeah, you have these improvement notices. See, like we were saying before, it's from from day one, from when you're an officer on the wing, you know what your daily duties are. Yeah. You know you you need to get exercise out. You need to feed the lads. You need to be get them out at specific times, locked up at specific times during the times when you get a minute then you'll do your cell searches. Cell searches, explain what a cell search is. Cell search, um, well, exactly what it says on the tin. You've got to go into a cell and search that cell. Um, if there's two prisoners in there, there's a specific way of doing it. Um, you have to get one prisoner out, obviously for dignity reasons, to search them. Um, and then you've got to basically do the, do the search yep. of the cell of whatever, what's in there. You've got to ask the prisoners, but is everything in the cell yours? Um, if they say it is, and you find something, then you've got it on record, you know, between yep. two of you that they're saying that that's what you've got to do. So you've got a certain amount of cell searches every every month. You get that sent down at the start of the month from security to say, right, there's your standard cell searches, whatever you've got to do. So you do them randomly. If you think there's information that you want, you've got something in that cell, a weapon, um, a mobile phone, drugs, or whatever, or, you know, you go into that cell, you can do as many cell searches as yep. you want. Um, but they take time as well as that which is your cell fabric checks which is CFC right Ex explain what fabric checks or locks bolts and bars yeah that was what it's called, called. The start in the early days lock bars and bolts or CFCs which is basically every day you've got to go into your cells every cell on a wing and you've got to check that everything's working ba properly. basically you don't have a lot of time do you no. so no. you go in check the door get a bars a bang have a quick yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a joke that it's like... Check the, the cell bell. Yeah, yeah, it's like Shawshank Redemption with a poster. You know, you're checking to basically make sure the worst case scenarios is nobody's tunnelled out or got through out the windows. Yep. So, and all those sheets, you'd have a little tick sheet, you'd have, you'd have your little, your, your board, and then you go round. You try and do as quickly as you can, because to be fair, if you're on the same wing every day, you pretty much know what cells yeah, are sound. So, you know what cells, you just go Would in. you report any damage if a window was... Explain, right, the, win the windows at Forest Bank, you, you have... As it were, got a couple of bars, but basically it's perspex. Yeah. Perspex windows, no glass, and there's a little vent. Little vents underneath, which is that does jack shit. Yeah, yeah. So they're the cells. So if you're going to a cell and you know, you know, you, you mark it down every day, so a bell's not working or whatever. Or I mean, you, you can't have a bell not working because if somebody's decides to self harm, um, and then they made a bad. Yeah, job yeah. of it and yeah. they press the cell cord buzzer and it doesn't work they could bleed to death in the cell so yep. you can't leave anyone without a cell a cell buzzer so things like that that needs doom straight away yep. a hole in the window if somebody's burns a hole out the window for whatever reason which normally is to get you know to get a line out of the window to, to get drugs or whatever explain what a line is literally Oh uh, yeah, like fishing. Fishing is, is basically yeah, that's it. Yeah, so if a throwover comes over the walls, which is a parcel of whatever unauthorized contraband that comes over the wall, it's quite funny. The lengths that the lads can come up with ideas to get these drugs. So they'll throw, they'll rip the bed in, get a coat hanger at the end of it, get out the cell window, hook it, bring it through as best they can. If you've got a hole in the window. If it's a small one, you mark it down. Um, and every day, every piece of paper that you do, it gets put onto like an A4 sheet. So if it's the January the 1st, you'll sign on that you've done a morning shift. You'll do your initials. You've checked them bars. You've checked them cells. You put your how many on the yard for exercise. You put all that. That's done. Every one of them sheets gets ta tallied up, puts in a box. And at the end of the month or two months, as a senior officer, you'd make sure every bit of paperwork, there was a, a box ticked in every one. Because if an order comes along and your paperwork is crap, then you're going to get a bollock in because if that audit, a bad audit, then 
It's not going to be it's on managers. It's going to, it's going to be on you. Yeah. Um, so all these sheets that you had to do, they were all auditable. So every day, those sheets were done. Explain the windows when it went into special measures. What they were like then. The windows. I've not been there for for a while now. So, but I, I know for a fact because people are telling me from when Trevor Short and a few others delegates came in not long ago. This is when the, the top man went, Spencer. There was lads with their arms, legs out the windows. All the cells, panes of glass are gone. Yeah. So, yard and yeah. clean. Exactly, because you've got outside people coming in from outside agencies. Because you get a lot of, because of private prison, you get a lot of visitors coming in to have a look at the jail because you're doing initiatives to get prisoners back into work. Some good some initiatives as well. Amazing initiatives. So if you're coming in and you're getting outside agencies coming in, they don't want to see a shit all. They want to see a good, clean. Because it's an environment that the prisoners are being looked after. If, if you've got windows out and you've got cell, you've got floor, you know, exercise yards full of crap, Yep. That doesn't look good for anyone. No. So, and the worst case scenario, have one more on that, on bars. Forest Bank is a new jail. There's very few. The cells are designed to be ligature-free. Yep. Now, I've dealt with situations where people have killed themselves it's in a cell. We'll call them safer cells. Because safer they're cells, not, yeah. They're not, yeah, it's they're not like a standard perfect. prison cell. If, if someone, yeah. But if those windows are out, those bars are a ligature point. Yeah, of course they are. So anybody can get, if you've got 10 cells out, which I believe there's more on every wing, that is a potential someone to hang themselves every night. Which is decide, which I can't get how that's a safe from a safer custody point of view or an act. If someone's on an act book and there's a window out, I, how are they? How well, are they? So I don't know how that's a security point of view. Just having a, a, a pain of that perspex out is massive. If, it, if there's multiple, it's, it's very dangerous, isn't it? Like it is, yeah, as I say, it, that, that's what you got to think of. And as an SO or, or as an Oscar One or an OD officer, if you know and you've not done anything about that, and the, the worst does happen that uh, you know a weapon gets in or someone gets hurt by that weapon or God forbid someone kills himself, then you're in coroner's court and you've got to say, well, you knew that cell because on that day as an SO, that cell was out of use or that cell was marked as a hole in the window. So it's fair to say, is it not, that if there is panes of perspex missing out of windows, that's as bad as it gets. So if yeah. everything else is on a level with that, then the, it's the not, prison's not, it's not fit for good. purpose. Now, I've been, as I say, a lot of people have got in touch with me over these podcasts and said, you know, talked about it and said, you know, it's good that a voice is, is being there because we're still there. We're trying to do it. And it's a case of, you know, it's one of them things that it's not my agenda now to say what's bad because I'm not there. But when you've got, you know, you've got a head of residence now, from what I'm getting told is that person, they're never on the wings. They're never to support the staff. I think there's 10 outstanding grievances that person's got currently with staff about bullying. One, which I know for a fact, there's a 30 plus page grievance gone in about that person of how bad the issues are. Staff are leaving uh, again in the last couple of, probably the last three, four weeks. Another four or five staff who have been there years and years have left. Yeah, I know Good one. staff. Um, Brownie's got out, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, I was speaking to Brownie the other day. He's doing his own thing. Um, <laughs> but uh, a lot of, and you know, and as I say, but this again, the head of residence is the one that, that they're responsible for those wings. If those wings are uninhabitable, which they are, then how's that person still I, doing I, I would say again, me, a good manager is somebody who cares about the troops. Yeah, that's all you have to do. Yeah. You need to be approachable, and you know, if there's an issue, Deal with it, as I say, that's all it takes, and as I say, just as a bit of a moral support, because as, as you know, a manager takes off a lot of stress off the staff, because instead of coming to a, a badge, they're going to go to the, the manager and say, look, 
this is what I've got issues with. And if they're invisible, which they generally are, then as I say, and that's all that's all, that's all the problems were, and that's all where it came from, was from the people yeah, in charge. And it's not going to get any better. I mean, it's good that they've, they've highlighted, which it's, if they can't see that anyway, the, the, the problems within the staff. But do, you, do you think do you think that is a, it's bringing an outside agency to look at management or structure, whatever, do you think that is, not a safety net, wrong word, but but they've done it to show that they are... Yeah, I mean, as a, it, that, that may be so. I mean, they, may, they willing, might have to be looking to do something. It might be a token gesture, but it's not going to solve the problems. Um, you know, you can still someone, you can sit someone in a room for for a week, uh, you know, and, and tell them this is what you know, how a manager is supposed to be. But if they haven't got the grounding of working the landings for X amount, you know, if you've got uh, people in suits that have been there two years, they've got a degree, and they're 25 year old, that's all well and good. But you know, they've still got to have a modicum of being on the wings and being in these areas, getting a getting a, a taste of working in CSU reception, healthcare. Or whatever, um, and I say, but if you still got the same people, you can change a couple at the top. But if you still got the same underneath, and you still, you still got that same principle of of you know of not helping or not wanting to, you know, you've always needed for me. You've always needed a buffer between the wings as a manager or, a, or an SMT. Yeah. You need someone that can actually go between, who's visceral, you know, and, and has got a connection with the staff on the wings. But they didn't have that. It was just SMT. And, and the wing staff, and then the managers that were just beaten by both I, sides. When, when I was there, I always felt that the wing managers obviously were connected, but anyone above that was. No, they were quite. You know, they, they weren't. They weren't approachable. No, uh, Mike Goodwin, you could approach him. Yeah, he, he was wandered around my the time. He, he yeah. wandered around the jail on his own. Ivor Wood, you could approach him. Yeah. Again, no fear. You know, if he was in the centre talking, excuse me, he would speak to you. But other than that, a lot, a lot of their managers. They'd come down and bark at you, you know, shout yeah. you down if something were wrong, but they were not approachable, they weren't about, and, you know. It's like if you're having a bad day, do you know what I mean? And you could be, you know yourself, just a standard day can be a bad day. Yep. But then if you've got a manager that can give you five minutes or give you, you know, a bit of support or... It, it can make, you know, it change your it day. Does. You know, it's, it's something small and it'll just be a little thing. But then if you've got a manager coming down and all they want to do is pick holes, you know, I mean, we used to get them, we used to come on the wings. The Scottish one we were talking about. He'd come on a wing and your wing could be mint. You know, the lads are quiet and all that, but he'd look under a bin and see a bit of dust and he'd kick off about this bit of... Do you know what? That used to piss me off so yeah. much. Piss me off so much that you, you, on a good day, and we, we all, a lot of officers do it with prisoners. You write them up. If they have a slanging match with you, you'll write them up. If they've behaved for three months, there's no entry saying... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, got... Exactly. And exactly managers that. who do that are exactly the yeah. same. We're all willing to, to, to go on about the bad things. And as a, you know, like you say, you're quite right with prisoners as well. Do you know what I mean? You're all ready to say, oh, he, he swore at me today. Yeah, yeah. But you're not willing to say, well, do you know what? He, he helped the lad out in the showers. He helped him get in the shower, yeah, yeah, gave exactly, him a shower gel, exactly. looked after him. And things like that. And you see on a daily basis. And the staff, like, again, I've worked with so many good staff. Oh, you know, that you think about and go, God, you know how good they were? And then some of them even forget that they were even there. They might have only been there two years or whatever, but they just, and they only left because of, you know, the, the management. They yeah. only left because they either weren't valued, got spoken to like crap, you know, or they thought more of themselves or unsupported. Do you know, I was just speaking to someone today, um, 
you know, and they were talking about how, how they were bullied by the Sonia Rebs and whatever. And that was a regular occurrence. You know, every day she she got a bullying. She actually got a bullying proven about it. And then she got promoted a week later. But it was allowed to just slide. You know, and it, but nobody wanted nobody wanted to do anything and you're like, how I can you see I, it? I honestly think, mate, that um again, decent number one, deputy governor. I look at strange ways. We probably had eight. Most of my time there we had two. Yeah, and then we probably had eight in last, I don't know, maybe three or four years, yeah. And obviously some of them weren't weren't sparkling or whatever, and it makes a massive difference. But yeah. but a good number one, you, you're going to know what your manager up, besides knowing what, you know. The likes of Trevor Short, he was, he was brilliant. I mean, even Ian Whiteside's gone back now, and I never had a problem with Ian, you know. I mean, he always wanted to be the top man. Did he ever cut, yeah. He didn't. I know he. Had, you know he's got previous for that. Yeah, yeah. he was an hairdresser. Um, but he was. Uh, he was always approachable to me. I know a lot of people didn't get on with him. But I just take. You know, you take people as you find. I know sometimes people. Oh, no, you, you have to, mate. Yeah, um, definitely. But Ian's back now, and, and he he left. I think where did he go? I think he went Bronzefield. He went as a number one in Bronzefield. I think. I think it was Bronzefield. And um, it was getting that bad. I even emailed Ian a while back because it was getting that bad. We couldn't staff our jail. So we were getting sent staff from Bronzefield. Bron is it Ashford? Uh, uh, Ash Dan London Way. Yeah, Dan it? London Way. It's on Belt. Yeah, so we were getting staff sent from there on a, like a, a Thursday. So they were covering our weekends. So they'd come in Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whatever, and then they'd go back Sunday. Yeah. This is how bad it was. So you were getting, they were getting put up in a hotel round the corner. Yeah. Coming in, doing a shit. And they were great people, do you know what I mean? But they were, they were just an extra set of keys. Yep. This is how bad it got that we couldn't staff the jail. And I sent an email to him saying thanks. And the staff, were, we had a good, you know, they were dead sound, they weren't. Because some just come in and they're not asked because they're on mega money, they're on probably double time or whatever they were on to yep. doing it. And now I sent him an email saying thanks for the staff. They were they were really good. They got on well with the staff, the prisoners. And they were credited the jail because they were, they, were, they were sound. But that's how bad it got. You forget about it's actually that bad. You're getting substitutes, getting sent. You know, from other jails to work in your jail, just because you can't staff it. When, when, it was doing all right, strange ways, but we were short-staffed at one bit, round about, I don't know, two, maybe two, nine, two, ten, two, eleven. We got a lot of detached duty, who yeah, again yeah. were from other jails, got put up. And do you know what? It was some absolutely cracking yeah. staff come. Didn't didn't just take the paycheck. You know, they they come on your unit, right? I, I don't know what I'm doing. What do you need me yeah, to yeah. do? Brilliant. But that's it, and it's sometimes... Smedders. Yeah. Brunty. Yeah. And it's good that sometimes like, it's like that, because it's a different approach, it's a different set of... I mean, like yeah. you say, some of them just come on, even if you're waiting on another wing, some people can't be asked, they're just an extra set of keys yeah. to go through the motions. But then you get some people, because, and then some people just want to break, and go, I tell you what, I'll work down, I'll work there for a bit. And then they come back and go, bloody hell, that was a good jail, or that was a bad jail, or whatever. Um, yeah, but we used to get out all the time, because it, it was just generally, you know, un, you know un, <laughs> unstaffable. Um, but hopefully, as I say, Ian's come there and, and, he, and he, he turns it round. I don't know how he's going to do it. What, is he number one? He's thinking he's number one. I don't know if it's a permanent position or that's just a, a stopgap. Is it still in special measures? I don't know if it's come out or not yet. As I say, I've, I've not, I'm not in the know because I'm not there. I can only go off what people are saying. I just know the fact that how bad it is still. Um, as I say, with the residence issues, the staff with the problems with the man at their head of residence. 
Um, it's not a happy place. And as I say, the people that have, have only just left, a couple of people that I was speaking to, they're saying the same thing. You know, it's it's not changed. It's there's still the bullying element to that um, with regards to, to the staff. Um, but as I say, whether it just needs a whole new, you know, like you say, recruit from elsewhere, from outside, uh, not prison. Because it's all, 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 all it is, 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 it's managing people. Well, any, any, any good person could look at a business, see what's wrong with it, and if it's communication and you're not supporting your... I, I, we have discussed briefly in one of the chats, didn't we? Actual retention of staff. Yeah. And public sector seems same to me now. It's just through the door, training, you know, two days, two weeks, two months, two years gone. Yeah, and, no it's, retention. It, and it's, it's, it's a costly exercise because, you know, it costs thousands to obviously to go through that nine weeks training anyway, just, just for actual money you know employing people for two months just to do the training then you've obviously got the training aspect to it of getting people in outside agencies you go through all that so it's an expense so it, it, like any business if you're if you are a business you invest in your staff that that's primarily your main thing that you've got to look at because if i've got rubbish staff then my products are going to be rubbish at the end of the day right easy way to look at it any any generic supermarket yeah they, they, they're probably recruiting but they have a Hardcore staff, don't yeah. they? If if every supermarket changed the staff every six months or whatever, they'd be rat shit. The business would be, exactly. but nobody seems to care. No, and it it's like you look at it and going, how have you let like like we spoke about cash in transit? I could whittle off even Will Dave Will, a good lad who left. There's tons of them, tons of lads that went to that place, boys and girls. Sorry, probably 30, 40 people in the space of six months, and you're saying why? Why they're going to a lesser paid job? There's no reason less for pay, that. Less stress. Less probably stress. shifts that are better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as I say, I've got a couple of good lads at work there, Jonesy and Pat, that are working there. You know, and um, you're saying to them, why are these people leaving? Because why am I, primarily for, as, as a selfish point of view, why am I having my staffing sheet like this and I've lost Des Ashton, I've lost Andrea Fair, I've lost whoever, whoever, whoever. Why, why are they leaving and I'm stuck with brand new staff? You know, that, that can't be good for anybody. It's and tough, it, isn't it, mate? It is. Um, and even now, as I say, you know, I, you know, you worry about you worry about people. But the problem is that, that even people you think, oh, they've just left, um, you know, and that's it. But it's not. They have a, still have a lot of thoughts about Forest Bank and they still love it. You know, I can speak to, like, Brownie and I spoke to a few other people and, and they start talking about things that happened five, six years ago or ten years ago, maybe. Yeah. And they've had to leave. They got sacked or they resigned because they weren't treated right or whatever and they lost the job for something stupid um, and it affects them as I say it's affected the family life it affects the home life it affects the monetary you know financial they still got mortgages to pay and all these people just went no I'll tell you what we'll, we'll get rid of him we'll get rid of her we'll forget them you know and then just just gone you know gone without a thank you because people used to leave I remember mate Alex Camilleri he's a good lad he's going to be a police officer I think he'd been there 12-13 years or whatever just not even a thank you. Not I, even a I thank think you when he something, left. something worth mentioning, yeah, you've said that about Moses and that some some people uh, do fall into poverty trap, don't they? Because all, although the money, what is it, between 18, 22 grand or something, yeah. is always going to be <laughs> yeah. on the time. You of can course, earn yeah, you can earn a, a lot of money. You, you can't, and do you know what, at the point of time, you, the funny thing, I was only thinking about this the day when we were talking about what we're going to talk about. We used to get called up as, as Oscar ones or and the. Um, the staffing team, Leslie Webster and who, there was a few others that, that, that did it, and he'd come up and say, "Look, you've, you've used, 
your budget, you've used too much overtime, it's not sustainable this. We can't, you can't keep on. Why have you used him or her in that position? Why have you, why have you, because you should do every time you put, you'd go around begging. Because yeah. you'd walk in a sheet and you'd, you know, you'd, you've got five, six, or you've had two uh, escorts go out with your bed watches or whatever, or you've got a, a dying relative that you've got you've to send out or whatever. So you know you've got gaps in the afternoon. So you, if you're not on all day, you're going to cover them gaps for your mate coming on because you don't want them to be in the shit. So every morning you'll ring around and you ring around your sheet and you go, hey mate, any chance you can do some overtime for me this afternoon? Fucking hell, I've got something on. And you're like, I know mate, but can you help me out? This was every day. And all these staff would do putting, it. You were putting on your mates, weren't you? Oh, big time, big time. And you look <laughs> and you'd be like, but then you say, you, you felt horrible sometimes. You go, do you remember when I... You know when you went home, yeah, that, listen, you, know, you know when you went home where you had to go and I never put it on the sheets but nobody knows about it but I did you a favour, I wouldn't ask but I'm on my ass. they said I just need you for five hours and he'd go well can we can do general duties, I need a break off my wing and you go yeah I'll give you general duties, so which is a bit of a break, I'll send you out on an escort, sound I'll do it for you or I'll do it for Francie or I'll do it, you know what I mean? That was every day weren't it? Every day, so but then you'd, so then your sheet would be, fuck, some days it'd be like your sheet was full because you literally had to staff, now I'm not saying it was I've got me, you, I've got 10 lads around me in the hub of doing a medication and we look dead good. I mean, I'm doing it for a reason. I'm not filling the, this overtime sheet in because I want loads of staff. I'm desperate and now that must, it looks did, a lot. Did you, did you pretty much run on bare minimum staff every single day yeah. of your career? Yeah, definitely, definitely. If you've got three, right, if you've got three staff just to general duty staff, as, and you got your wings. If you've got three staff in your jail to escort or respond or do something, you, you, you're happy. You know, that you, you laugh, you go, oh, I've got a fat staff. I've got we fat staff. I, I remember doing weekends, never yeah. had no Oh, weekends? Views. No, we didn't have anything. No, we didn't have anything. I, I, I've done it and we've all done it. I've sat there doing medication with Mick Higgins uh, on him. As the, <laughs> I'm doing God Watch. He's getting the lads down. He's God in the suit. watch checking that prisoners are swallowing yeah. their medication. Checking it. He'd be there in his trench coat, looking like uh, Edward Woodward, the equaliser, and we'd be we'd do it Mick all day. Higgins equaliser. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but say so weekends were just were just written off. But and, and as I say, the, the poor staff, they, you know, they'd be dreading it. Do you know, like you know, on a Friday they yeah. go fucking weekend. Do you know what? It's yeah, gonna be I did. horrendous. I did. I did. And. Uh, you know, if we get through it a weekend, a Sunday, once once like lockup gets called and roll count, you were like, Pfft. it was, weren't it? It was yeah. a proper relief. Yeah, it was just like we've got through, we got through it, and then you'd have like, you know, you then you'd be waiting then. You just make sure everyone's banged up because normally your fights normally the last five minutes of a bang up or whatever. Yep. You just open, nothing goes off. You don't have a personal alarm, or you don't have a cold blue or a cold red, and then you'd be like. Pfft. And then Monday, the, you know, the suits would come back in on Monday and then they'd sit there. So, yeah, so we're going back. So this overtime sheet, so we'd say, right, you've, you hear it? It's, it's costing us too much. So then you'd have arguments and, and you'd be like, how the fuck am I supposed to staff your jail? If And then you'd, and then you'd look and go, well, this, this person, this Dave Larson, or he's done too many hours. He's done 120 hours overtime this month. He's on a ban or he's restricted. You cannot use him for overtime. You're like, what are you talking about? He, he's earning too much. If if he, so then he, so then he'd say that, and you moan and go, well, how am I best? How am I supposed to staff you? He's not doing it for his own, like uh, tons of people, but he's not doing it. He doesn't want to be sat here in the jail doing 24-hour shifts, which he used to do. I said he's doing it to help you out. How am I going to staff it if you're not going to pay him? Paul, how many years did you do, mate? 
I did 15 in total as an as a shift manager. I did about eight as a shift manager. And looking back that. now, do you do you wonder how you got through that? In the early days, Is there a sense of relief at all, even though obviously you've been to prison, you know. Um, yeah, a little bit. No, I'd, I'd still I'd still give me left arm to be there. To be fair, um, um, I don't. It, back in the day, you just think when we had good staff and that, and then you had good managers and that, it was easy. You know, even though you had shit shit days, the job was it was it was a piece of piss because you knew you all had someone to rely on. Do you know what I, I I've thought about this a lot. Like, so when I worked on healthcare at Strange Ways, um, you can have a really shit week, tough. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, one at nurses and knock up a bait and butter weekend, and that's all I'd remember about that week. <laughs> and a bait and butter, you'd forget that you yeah. had six shit days. Yeah, yeah. And that's how it is, isn't it? Yeah, you'd, and you'd, you'd just pick your little, you'd get a little victory every now and then. Do you know what I mean? Or it might be something good, you know, it might, it might be, you know, you've had a lad who's just been cutting up all weekend and you've had, if you're working in healthcare, you've had that all day. Do you know what I mean? All day you're answering this buzz and you're talking to this lad and he's got mental issues or he's got problems at home with his wife or kids or God forbid, whatever. And you know, it's easy to look and go, well, he's in jail, fair enough. And I might, I might, I like early on in my career or maybe even in my career because I've seen it on the other side and I've been inside myself now. You know, I might've been guilty of that and say, well, he's, he's inside. We've all done that. But if you've had a break, you know, if you've stopped the lad from cutting up and he's give you his blade, or do you know what I mean? You've got him out of his cell, he's, he's come off Constantinople and you sat with a brew and watched the telly with him. You know what I mean? And got him out yeah, and had a chat. Then sometimes that makes all the difference. So like, it was rewarding then? Yeah, yeah. I look back now and go, wow, how great was it? Do you know what I mean? Don't get me wrong, the last three three years has been horrendous, but only of my own doing. But I wouldn't really have changed. The amount of laughs and look back now and the amount of friendships, which I know I've lost those friendships for that reason because of what I did. And that's, that's sad. Um, and, you know, I look back and I wish obviously that wasn't the case but I still think about my mates in there now and how sort of good laughs we had and, and I wish them all the best and that's why I kind of think we did this started and at the start because I thought well I'll just go and I'll, I'll vent a little bit and then you sort of have I remember talking to my mate um, and he said we'll try not to do it that way try and you know reflect you, you, on people who are still there uh, and how about you know you value them and that, that's what it's more about just to say you know what well listen if, if you've got a bad manager a bad manager you know, that, that's not venting or whatever, a lot of stuff. For me, you've been very positive about the job you did, how you did the job. You know, um, it was allowed to run down. There is a lot of bullying and stuff like that, which is, you know, it's a sad state of affairs, but... Have you got anything else you want to touch on? No, not really. As I say, um, hopefully, as I say, there'll be things in line. I'm going to try and get this podcast done. Um, It'll be on Twitter well, if just, anyone watches. Just get in touch, mate. If yeah. you need any help, not that I'm the best technical person, but. Well, I've got a mate who seems to think he knows, and he's like, do you know what? We can do it, and then we'll get involved with the, the, the ex Forest Bank staff. We can have a look at maybe getting ex prisoners on and talking about stuff. And it might, you know, as I say, I'm going to hopefully do talks uh, and try and give something back with regards to maybe colleges, universities, and that kind of thing, which would be something I'd like to do. Um, but no, I want to thank you for, for being on here. Do you want to. Uh... When this pocket's dealt with or whatever, come back and we'll have a chat. Yeah, yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, yeah. I'll uh, I'll get onto that lad I know. Um, put you in contact with him. Yeah, great. Uh, I think that'd be a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, and do you know what? Uh, people might think this is strange. I think you can be proud of yourself, mate. Job you did. Uh, you obviously care about people you work with. 
uh, we've mentioned some people there's many more good people who have worked there a long time and not a long time um, so yeah, it's been no. a positive experience I've no. enjoyed talking to you your honesty has absolutely shone through integrity and all the rest so hopefully you have the best Christmas possible yep yeah yeah and everyone in prison either side of the door um, yeah thanks Paul no thank you seriously yeah thank you Jobs are good in. Paul, cheers guys.